Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands. We love you, Jesus Christ. We need your glory. We need your wondrous grace, O oh, great and mighty God. Thy presence and thy power. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. You have a Bible this morning. Turning to the book of 2 Peter. Second Peter. Chapter 2. If you have trouble finding that, go to the book of Revelation and work backwards a little bit, and you will come to 2 Peter. It's just a small book. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. And spared not the old world. Everybody said old world. But saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And everybody said praise the Lord. Minister to you for a little bit this morning on cutting off the old world. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Cutting off the old world world. Here we have given by the inspiration of God a reference to the time of Noah. Now Jesus in the days of his earthly ministry he made reference to as it was in the days of Noah so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Yesterday we uh, bought 20 slushies for the guys working, and when I went down there, I told the young lady who we invited to church, I said, um, I want 20 of these, and I'll be back in 45 minutes. She said, 45 minutes? I said, yep. So I came back, and she said, you know, we got word you weren't coming back. And I said, no, I'm like Jesus, honey. I'm coming back. <laughs> Well, you don't have to worry about the Lord. He's, he's coming back. And the Bible did say that there's going to be mockers that are going to say, where is the promise of his coming? Because everything going on, just the same old, same old, same old. You know. Well, that's what they were saying in the days of Noah. When Noah had been building an ark. Some people say he was spent you know, about 120 years doing that. I don't think I've read in the Bible an exact figure. But if you take certain things, you might come close to that. I don't care how long he took. point is he built it. He did what God told him to do. And in building that ark, the, what he was doing was very strange and very odd to the world around him. To the point that they mocked him, they made fun of him, in other words, and they even brought persecution to he and his family. But the Bible teaches that that day came when the flood came upon the old world and it caught them unawares. I'm not quite sure, or maybe we ought to qualify what that means. Maybe that's the way to say it. Because they weren't totally unawares as far as the fact that Noah, a preacher of righteousness, had warned them so. He warned them that it was going to happen. 
And because they'd never seen it or heard it on that fashion, then they chose not to heed the preaching. They didn't believe the preaching. And the Bible, of course, teaches that they had never heard of rain. They'd never seen anything like that. The earth was watered with the first sprinkler system. There was a mist coming up from the earth, took care of all the vegetation. But the Bible teaches that God had told Noah it's going to rain. Build this ark. Build this place of safety. And gave him very specific instructions, not only how to build it, but how that he would bring different animals, types of beasts of the field into the ark. And then his family, few, wherein eight were saved. Few people were saved. The majority, in comparison, did not want to believe. And consequently, because they didn't believe it, because they were willingly ignorant, because they stopped up their ears and closed their eyes and became dull of mind, that that's why it took them unawares, because they were totally unprepared, because they chose to be unprepared. And when the, the fountains of the deep were broken up and the clouds of heaven came together, dark and gloomy, and begin to pour down the rain to the point that it flooded and it kept them in a place to where I'm sure as time went on, they kept thinking it's going to stop any minute. This is going to go away. I'm not going to have the world is not going to get any better. Evil men, the book said, and seducers would wax worse and worse. And every day the flood level was rising. Every day it got worse and worse and it swept them away the book said swept them away and they lost their lives not just here but in the world to come it's important for you and I to understand something here that Peter was inspired to make reference to the old world kind of reminds you of Joshua he said you might want to take this moment and this opportunity that you have, he said, whether or not you're going to serve those gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood, that old world, you're going to hook up with that, you're going to be in touch with that, you're going to allow that to rule that spirit in your life. He said, but not me and not my house. He said, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to choose the Lord. We're going to choose the new world. We're going to choose the righteousness of God. We're going to choose the better world. There will never be an excuse before God that will stand or be justified. He is the judge of all, and he will judge in that day. And, of course, there's going to be people that will bring forth all kinds of excuses. But you want to keep in mind that the Bible teaches very plainly that they're going to be without excuse. And let me tell you one reason why. The Bible called Satan that old serpent. 
He's the same old devil that got them to not believe in Noah's time. He's the same old devil that got them to choose to be unprepared and to close their ears and their eyes to what God's message was. And they kept on traveling on in their same old way, in their same old circles, in their same old patterns, and they would refuse to change and move on to the newness that God was setting before them. And I want you to understand that it's the same old devil from that same old world pulling those same old tricks and people are still falling for it. Get into the new world. Get rid of the old. Get shut of the old. Get away from the old. Let's cut off the old world. Bible called it a world of the ungodly. Doesn't sound like a very nice place. Sometimes in prayer I'll tell the Lord, I don't know where I'd been, where I would be without you. And then I stop and I say, you know, I don't even want to think about that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about how horrible that would be. How much better to cut off the old world. Jesus in his teachings, he said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Your right hand offends you, cut it off. Your right foot offends you, cut it off. He is not talking about you taking a skill saw and doing that or a crowbar or something. He is telling you that there are bad old desires. At what did the, the writer call it uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and 22? He called it the old sin. The old sin. You want to cut off that old nature of sin. You want to repent of your sins. And that's what plucks it out. That's what cuts it off when you cut that off by desiring God. I don't want to live and be a part of the old sinful nature and the old spirit of the old world and the old devil anymore. I don't want that. I want to get out of the darkness and come into the light the new that he's offering. Is it not written that the uh, old things, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things, when you get this born-again experience that the Bible teaches. And that's what uh, Noah, all of that is a preview showing you the ark represents the church and the one entryway, the door into that ark represents the born-again experience going in through the name of Jesus Christ. They all had one name and they all went in the one door into the one ark or the one church which is for everybody. There's nobody that God doesn't want to come on in. He's holding out, if you please, for everybody to come in. He wants every man, woman, boy, and girl, every race, every nationality, every country, and every language. He wants them to come on in to his church through the door which is Jesus Christ. He wants you to have that name, that one family name which is Jesus Christ which is above every other name. He wants you to have that. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah to respond favorably. Now, they didn't do that. They didn't respond with belief. They didn't respond in good faith to what the preacher was telling them. And consequently, the flood swept them away. There were those in Joshua's time that chose to go back to the old, be a part of the old. Uh, there will, 
there will always be those, unfortunately, that will be among the whosoever will not. Whereas the Bible said that God so loved this world, the Spirit, God is a Spirit, so loved this world, that He gave His only begotten flesh, known as the Son, that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever, be among the whosoevers. Step right up and tell yourself, I'm going up that gangplank. I'm going in that one door. I'm getting in that one church. I'm not going to be left out. I'm not going to stay out there where the doom and the destruction is, where I'm going to be swept away by the things of this world. As it is written in your Bible that you should put off concerning the former lifestyle, the former way of living, the old way of living. And he called it that. He called it the old man. The old man. That means the old person. He said, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And he said, and be renewed. Get the newness. Get what the Lord has for you. He wants to give you a, a new birth. He wants you to be born again of water and of the Spirit. You know, it's interesting that the man that came to Jesus during his earthly ministry and spoke to Jesus, he said, we know you're a teacher come from God. No man can do the miracles that you do except the Spirit be with him. Jesus said, you must be born again, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he said, how can, how can a man be born when he's old? Exactly. You can't be born again when you're old. You got to get rid of the old. You got to repent. You got to say, God, I'm sorry, and I want to get away from the, the life I've been living, that former lifestyle or style of living. I don't want to walk that way anymore. I don't want to talk that way anymore. I don't want to act that way anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to come out of the darkness and out of the mud, out of the garbage and out of the filth. I want to come into the newness of life. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. I want to get away from the old world. I want to cut that off. <clears throat> I want to cut off my drinking buddies. I want to cut off my dope buddies. They're nothing but a bunch of dopes anyway. They're not, they're not thinking smart. They're being swept away by something, aren't they? There are people that have started off on that trail and, and come to themselves and thought it was just a couple of weeks and actually years had passed by that they lived in the darkness. How was it for the individual that Jesus got in a boat once again in the days of his earthly ministry and took a ride across the lake? And when he got there, he got to this particular country and here comes a man, two of them actually, came running out of the catacombs down in those labyrinth of tunnels they lived. Nobody could do anything with them. You know, the enemy will put you in a place where nobody can do anything with you. He'll get your mind so evil affected that relationships won't work. Friendships won't work. Marriages won't work. Lots of things will fall apart. And nobody will be able to be around you. And they'll all want to turn you out. And the enemy wants to put people in that kind of mess. And he does. And these individuals came, and it focuses on one. And this individual came, and the, the tatters of the handcuffs and the chains were on his arms. And his clothes were in a mess. And he was very exposed to the world and to the elements and to people. And his mind was so 
ill-affected that he, he just scared everybody away. Nothing made sense to him at all. But, you know, in every one of us, there is a measure of faith. In every one of us, there is that part of us that is spiritual, that inner person that's made after the image and the likeness of God who is a spirit. There is that part of you, and the Bible teaches that that begin to break through in a plaintive voice as he came and fell at the feet of Jesus when he stepped out of that boat onto that shore. And this individual that nobody could do anything with, this individual whose life was a wreck and a mess, this individual who was not only hurting everybody else but hurting himself. Bible said he cut himself in those catacombs. How many self-inflicted wounds. It wasn't nobody else did that to you. You did it yourself to yourself. And the Bible teaches that he came and he fell before the Lord. And Jesus asked him his name, and those devils spoke out and said, Our name is Legion, for we are many. Some people will tell you that that's upwards of 16,000 bad spirits in one person. Could be as many as 48,000. Depends on your definition of a legion. But I want you to know it wasn't a French foreign legion. It was a devil foreign legion sent from the pit of hell that came and inhabited that man and that's why nobody could do anything with him. I'm going to tell you something right now. You don't get rid of the devil playing patty cake. You're not going to get rid of the devil with the ladies auxiliary. You're not going to get rid of the devil with commentary and theory and handshaking and card signing. You got to have the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost that casts the devil out. You got to believe in one God because the devil trembles at that. He trembles at that. have an effect on people's lives, you better preach Holy Ghost, and you better worship Holy Ghost, and you better pray in the Spirit and pray Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of the Holy God, because let me tell you, that's the only thing the devil is afraid of, the fact that he has to reckon with the one God, and that the one God's got his name and got his number and that the one God has all power in heaven and earth in every constellation, on every planet, any solar system. He is the one true, wise, eternal God, and he's the only God. And you want to tell yourself, if I'm going to get rid of what troubles me, it's going to take that one God to do it. Amen. And he birthed a church and empowered that church and commanded that church to go into all the world. And preach this gospel to every living creature. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. So we want to we get rid of this old world. We want to get rid of this old nature. We want to cut off that lifestyle. And this individual comes and Jesus gets his name, legions of devils, and he casts those devils out, tells them to go. And before he did it, and they knew what was coming, no doubt they felt the buildup of the energy and the authority. I'm quite sure everything was vibrating in the spirit world. And those devils cried out and said, Don't cast us out into hell, into the deep, into the bottomless pit, into the abyss. Let us go inhabit those herd of swine over there. And what do you think? The first thing, when Jesus casted them out, they went and imagine the devil begging now. You want to maybe get that point? The devil was begging, don't cast me into hell. Cast me into that herd of swine. He, no doubt he was going out. 
He was just begging for a better place to go. Don't you know the devil is looking for? He goes in dry places, the book said, and he's looking for somewhere that he can inhabit. He'd like to get in your life. He'd like to find him a little cushy, comfort place in your life. You got to tell yourself, I don't want that enemy. I want. I don't want to give place to the devil. I don't want him lodging in my life. I don't want that. If you don't want that, then you've got one option, and that means you've got to want Jesus Christ. You've got to want the spirit of truth if you don't want the spirit of error. You've got to gather unto him, or else you will be scattered to the four winds. You've got to cut off all those old ideas and old concepts. No devil's begging. Begging. Jesus casts them out, and they hit a herd of swine. Herd of swine up there just munching on the grass and, and whiling the day away. And what do you think the devil did? A perfect picture of what he does to people's lives. Upon entering that herd of swine, they were so uh, enraged and so uh, confused about what was inhabiting them and what was happening to them that they ran headlong right off the edge of the cliff and down into the water, and there they drown. Don't you understand what the enemy does to people's lives? You wonder why people are suicidal? You wonder why people are in institutions? You wonder why people's lives are crazy and mixed up and harmful, hurting others and themselves? It's because of the enemy. It is not God. God does good. God comes to save you. If you'd start looking at this salvation as something good, which it is, and see it for what it really is, instead of letting the enemy paint a horrible depression, picture and deceiving you with it while he drowns you into the wilderness, while he drowns your life in sorrows and perdition. You better wake up to reality. You need a reality check. I need to cut off the old world. I need to cut off the old way of doing things. And I need to come alive in Jesus Christ. And everybody said praise the Lord. Our God is a great God. The Bible said for this they, this is 2 Peter 3 and 5, this for this they willingly are ignorant of. Some people are willingly ignorant. Some people choose not to know. That's what ignorant means, a lack of knowledge. They choose not to know. Going to stop up my ears, going to shut my eyes, you know, going to shut my mind down, going to go into a defensive posture, and that's it. For this they willingly are ignorant of. There's no reason for you not to know. Because God's will is for you to know. Amen. He wants to give knowledge of salvation to you by repentance and remission of sins. And you get remission of sins and repentance in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what your Bible said. For this they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God. The heavens were of old, and the earth, the old heaven and the old earth. And it said, standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, that's the old world, being overflowed with water, that's what happened in Noah's time. They perished, the book said, perished. He said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, which are now. So you can think like, oh, I'm in this new world. Oh, no, 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 that's not what it said. It said, but the same as kept, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved 
unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Doesn't that sound like uh, very similar to that uh, phrase about the world of the ungodly? Did you never read in the book of Jude where it said that, that uh, Enoch prophesied that the Lord was coming back with ten thousands of his saints and that he was going to bring judgment upon the ungodly and all their harsh words and speeches and things that they have said against him? You better understand that the present world that you're living in is considered to be today the old world. It is the old world and the old heaven that is in store, kept in store, reserved under judgment by fire. You don't have to worry about a water flood because that's going to be short term and low. It's not going to be much of nothing. People are being very distracted by global warming that's going to melt all the ice cap and send a big flood. That's the least of your worries, honey. Let me tell you your worry. Your worry is that God said, I'm holding this world by my word until it's time to destroy it by fire. And then the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. But in the first heaven and the first earth, they're going to pass away. But God said, for my people, I got a new heaven. I got a new earth. We're going to cut off the old world. We're going to cut it off and it's going to melt and burn up and drop into a bottomless pit for all of eternity. But my people are going to a a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. God's going to cut off the old world of the ungodly. Let's take a moment while you're standing and lift your heart with your hands. Tell God you want to cut off the old world. You want to be a part of the new world. Who cares how they dress? Who cares how they adorn themselves? Who cares all the styles that they follow. Who cares the things that they go watch and see? Who cares the places that they go and the things they praise and idolize? Who cares? Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut off the old world. If I had to cut off the old world in my life, I wouldn't be preaching here almost 40 years later. Best 40 years of my life coming up. You want to be in the church. You want to be in the body of Christ. And you don't want to gravitate back towards. There is a gravitational pull to go back to the old things and the old world, the old ways and the old serpent. You don't want to go back to that. The old lifestyle, the former lifestyle of the old nature, you don't want to go back to that. You want to go forward. His spirit continually saying, go forward. Get on the straight and the narrow. It leads to life eternal. And yes, it'll be a few out of each generation. But added up, it's going to be a number that no man could, could, could multiply and could figure out and calculate. They're going to be dancing around his throne. They're going to be worshiping him and singing a song of victory. And they're going to be people that have come out of the old world. He called it, came out of great tribulation. Notice it didn't say the great tribulation. It said great tribulation. There are many tribulations. But to you, what you come out of is great tribulation. In your life, to you it's great. You could have an ingrown toenail. People could scoff at it. But to you, it's a big problem. Because it's your toe that's hurting. You know, same thing with a toothache. Or a heart problem. Or a liver problem. Or whatever. It can seem like nothing to other people. Because they don't have it. But you have it. And it's a big problem to you. Come on now. 
We're going to sing a little chorus, worship the Lord. Preparing you to cut off this old life, old world. Get ready for the new. You want to be born again. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to enter the new world that Jesus gave birth to when he gave birth to the church. Did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Coming out of that wilderness. Come on now. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking with the Lord. Tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Came out of the wilderness. Came out of the wilderness. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking. Jesus. 
Come on and love him, I praise you, Jesus. We're lifting our hearts with our hands to you, Lord God Almighty, in honor and praise and adoration, O Lord, extolling the name of Jesus Christ, that name above every name. For your name is holy, O Lord. And your name is mighty. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give our God a big hand. All right, while you're standing, Brother Williams is coming. This time we want the ushers to come. Everyone say, God bless the offering in Jesus. God bless the offering in Jesus. Oh! 
Let's come and gather around. All of our men over here and our ladies over here. prayer. You can get the Holy Ghost this morning. Thank you. 